This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, you got her, dude. She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoke team. One with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. All Obsession Podcast. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another Fall Obsession Podcast episode. Happy to have you guys join us again for another one of our Monday episodes. I am Sam with Fall Obsession, your Fall Obsession Podcast host, once again leading you guys into another week's podcast. Um, Hope you guys have enjoyed some of the content that we've had here recently, talking with some hunters about some stuff that they're doing for their fall prep. And then last week you had uh, me and Drew talking with uh, each other over some Montana pronghorn hunting. So really cool episode there if you guys want to go check that out. This week, Drew is back with me again um, for another week's episode. What's up, Drew? How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. And we have uh, a third individual on the line with us uh, this week. He's from Adaptive Pursuits TV and the North American Association of Blind Sportsmen, Mr. Lance Mathena. Lance, welcome to Fall Obsession Podcast, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. We're happy to have you on, man. Looking forward to this discussion. I know we're gonna we're gonna unfold and unpack a lot here in in our talk with you today. I'm excited for it. But before we get into it, real quick shout out to our friends over at Elite Archery and Larry McCoy over there. Um, really good line of equipment that those guys have put out with their uh, 2021 Elite bows. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Remedy, and I know Drew is uh, is eyeing that Encore pretty hard. So we're both impressed with our Elite Cures from last year. So if you guys haven't gone to your local archery dealer and shot an Elite bow yet, I encourage you guys to go do that. Um, we have been shooting them for a few seasons now and continue to be impressed by their equipment. So um, 
go take the elite shootability challenge compare it to any other bow out there and see if it fits you elite just wants to be in the conversation so go check them out so Lance, once again, appreciate you coming on with us this week and joining us. And I'm going to kind of, I know Drew is kind of going to be taking a little bit more of the lead on, on this podcast with the, some of the topics that we're going to bring in discussion. And so I'm going to kind of let him guide us through the rest of this conversation. But uh, to kick us off, I just, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your organization and what you guys do. Okay, great. Um, folks, my name is Lance Mathena. I'm from the North American Association of Blind Sportsmen, and I'm also the host of Adaptive Pursuits TV on the Sportsman Channel. Um, the North American Association of Blind Sportsmen is an organization I created about four years ago that works exclusively with blind folks and vision-impaired folks around the country um, in an attempt to get them up off the couch and living their lives again. Um, and how we do that is by challenging them to go out on hunting and fishing adventures that they might never dare on their own um, as a way of building confidence, friendships, community, and most importantly, um, we try to build hope out there for the future. What we do is we go out and um, talk with different people around the country, different outfitters, different guides, services, things like that, and we arrange hunts with them to take our members out and um, have what we like to think of as the dream hunt of a lifetime. Now, it, you know, the individual hunts that we go on might not be everybody's dream hunt, but I'll tell you what, if you are a blind or vision impaired person and you have come into a situation where you don't think you're ever going to be able to do it again, or your blindness has taken over to a point where you can't pull the trigger or you know, future bowl or something like that. Any opportunity to get out and be just a regular guy again, a regular person, and pursue your passions in the woods is a dream hunt. And so we, we try to provide those hunts for folks, and uh, we have a great time doing it. That is awesome. That's a very a very unique thing that, that you guys are doing for, for folks who, um, as, as you said yourself, might not have the opportunity to do anything like that themselves. So that, that's really cool. Right on. Thanks. So, Lance, you had mentioned that these are sort of once-in-a-lifetime hunts for these guys. Uh, can you kind of tell us about some of your memorable hunts that you've had or some of the individuals that you've worked with in the past and sort of why that stuck out for you? Um, sure. Um, let's start with a turkey hunt. Um, I uh, went on a turkey hunt two years ago, and uh, it was my first turkey hunt ever. When I, I've been blind for about seven years now, and I had never hunted turkeys before that, you know, when I, when I had vision. And I uh, went out on a turkey hunt, and these birds came in. Um, you know, we had, we had called these birds in, and they came in to the right of our blind at about four feet to the side of it. And they're, they're gobbling right next to us. I mean, they're just right on top of us. And you want to talk about, you know, having your adrenaline just pumping. It's just incredible. And they walked right around the front of the blind. And from about six feet away, they stopped. And there was two birds there. And they both turned and looked right in the blind. And, you know, we couldn't move, couldn't do anything. They had us pinned down bigger than life. Eventually, they turned and walked away a little bit, and uh, I managed to get both of them in one shot. It, was, uh, it wasn't planned that way, but that's the way it turned out. Um, so my very first turkey hunt, 
um, I nailed two birds and it was just an incredible thing. But to get out of the blind after these birds were down and, you know, to appreciate these birds, you know, I'm feeling them from head to toe, you know, picking through their feathers and, you know, and rubbing them down, seeing all the contours of their body and everything, just trying to drink it all in. Um, was one of the, was one of the most incredible experiences in my life. Um, a friend of mine, Tom, we took him out um, mule deer hunting two years ago, and uh, we got him on a really nice three by four. And uh, it was with uh, a guide service in Eastern Washington. He he was at about 180 yards, and we use adaptive technology um, to do hunt these animals so that our hunters can hunt autonomously, meaning nobody's, you know, nobody's holding the rifle for them, nobody's pushing the rifle this way or that way or kicking it up or laying it down. It's all on the hunter. And so Tom's laying prone at 180 yards, and he's got this rifle there, and it has a 3x4-inch scope on the end, or a 3x4-inch TV screen on the end of the scope where the reticle would, would normally be. And the guy just sitting to the side of him and he's looking at the screen and Tom's never killed a deer before in his life and uh, he's almost completely blind due to diabetes you know just the anticipation he laid there for almost an hour waiting for this buck to move because the buck was bedded down and uh, you know he knew from the guide that when the sun hit this buck it was early in the morning, and he was just waiting. The guy was waiting for the sun to come up enough to where it'd get right on his buck. He knew that that buck would get up and move when the sun hit him. Sure enough, he did, and it was just just almost unreal, you know, to listen to listen to the guy talk Tom in, and make sure that he's right on target. And then Tom harvested that buck, and I've never seen a bigger smile on a guy's face than I have on that guy right there. It's just an incredible thing. You know, Tom, when we finally got after the buck and we got, we were able to get a good look at him, um, Tom got down on his hands and knees and just, you know, he put his hands on that buck and felt his fur, just felt every aspect of this animal's body, just burning it into his memory. And uh, it's just an incredible thing. You know, he'll probably never have a chance to do exactly something like that again. Um, and I say that not because, you know, they're, we're only going to take him on one hunt or anything like that. But I say that because the majority of the blind population in America is unemployed, um, meaning that they live on Social Security disability. And that being the case, the ability to afford to go hunting or to afford the uh, camo clothing or to afford any supplies that you need, transportation, things like that, are just beyond the abilities financially of most blind people. Yeah. yeah. That's an incredible story that you told. I I mean, just, you know, I know what it's like to be out looking in and trying to wait for that opportunity, but to just be laying there for an hour or longer and waiting for the sun to come, that's that's just an incredible opportunity for anybody. Yeah, so I know you, you talked about it briefly during that, and you kind of covered a lot, um, which was great. But uh, I know you had mentioned as far as the TV screen um, on on the rifle, but I think you had mentioned in some of our previous discussions, um, which I think might be kind of interesting for our listeners, is 
some of the other adaptive technology that's kind of new for this year that you guys are going to be trying out? Absolutely, absolutely. We are working hand-in-hand with Tacticam this year, and um, they've stepped up for us in a big way. We're using what they call the FTS system, or uh, which stands for from the scope as far as I know. But it it is a piece of equipment that hooks onto the reticle of your regular hunting rifle scope, and it has a Tacticam 5.0 camera attached to it. And uh, it looks right through the scope and zooms right through the scope as well. And then it Bluetooths either to a cell phone or like your iPad or a laptop if you have one of those out there. Um, and it's just an incredible piece of equipment. You know, it, it adds to the experience for the hunter in a big way in that you don't have to have somebody right next to you or right behind you. In order to, you know, in order to be able to do this, the guide, the guide or the spotter can be sitting next to you somewhere in the blind or in in whatever setup you're using, and can guide you that way. It's a very, very cool situation. Um, Tacticam has come out and provided us with these with these great products. Um, the gentleman's name is Rudy Nunez. He's just a fantastic guy to work with. If you ever get a chance to talk to him, he's absolutely worth listening to. He's a great guy. That, that sounds like some really cool technology, uh, you know, even just for some people who want to film their own hunts, being able to still use the rifle and have that streaming right to your phone or iPad or whatever it is to be able to record. That's pretty cool. It is. It's pretty awesome. You know, I, I really like being able to um, see the video. You know, I, I used it to set up my crossbow and it's not really... Uh, that's not really the optimal use of the FTS system because you you do things differently when you're sighting here when you're sighting through a crossbow scope, but um, it still works fantastic. And uh, you know to see the video of myself dialing in my shots and sighting in my crossbow and realizing that okay, this is what I did in this shot. That's why this one didn't go the right direction, or that's why this one didn't hit where I wanted to. Was just an incredible tool. And uh, I'm super stoked to be working with them, and they make some terrific product for us. That's that's really cool. Uh, so, what what kind of gun do you guys have those mounted to? Um, right now, we have mounted to uh, Ruger rifles. Um, Ruger stepped up for us last year and gave us a gave us a pile of rifles. We're using the uh, Ruger American in 6.5 Creedmoor, and uh, it's just been a fantastic rifle. They come with a kind of greenish scope. Now, if I if I mangle this, sorry, sorry Ruger, but uh, they come with a kind of greenish scope, and then they've got a coated barrel on them as well. Uh, they come with a kind of greenish stock on them. Sorry, that's the right word. And uh, they're really light, you know, re- very comfortable to shoot. Very, very, you know, they feel good in your hand, and they're just a terrific piece of equipment. Um, we really, you know, are thankful to Ruger for stepping up and helping us out with that and, uh, for, you know, to Winchester ammunition for stepping up and helping us out on that with respect to that. Um, you know, when it comes to rifles, you know, right now that's all we shoot is just the Rugers. I've been a Ruger fan most of my life. You know, I grew up just, just like everybody else did with a little Ruger 1022, um, rimfire rifle. And uh, you know, when I approached Ruger and I said, "Hey, this is who we are, and this is what we do," um, 
there was there's the common disbelief um, that we dealt with at the time. Everybody says, right, right, right. You're going to take blind guys out in the woods and shoot. And then I'll show them video of what we do and how we do it. And um, Ruger was just like, you know what? This is something that we want to be involved in. This is something that is very cool. And, uh, you know, we, we said, hey, we'd, we'd love to you know, love to work with you and make this thing go. And uh, they stepped up for us in a big way. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like it. So I guess moving on from some of the equipment, I guess unless there's any other interesting equipment that y- you know um, you're going to be using as far as non-typical hunting equipment, what are some of the things as far as around camp or any other special considerations that are kind of taken in? Well, um, out there in the woods, we need every advantage we can get. And so um, we work with a company called Hex. And um, what Hex does is make a carbon fiber um, camo set for each of us. Um, that eliminates or masks our electronic signature out there. And, you know, because the deer are sensitive to that. The animals out there in the woods are sensitive to it. And it makes a huge difference. Blind people don't generally come with camo. So one of the biggest expenses we have every year is getting them camoed up and getting boots on them and, you know, getting all the gear for them. And uh, Mike Slinkard at Hex has really gone out of his way to help us and provide that camo and provide us with that extra edge. In the beginning of our conversation today, I, I talked about having some turkeys coming into our blind, and they came within four feet, and then they just stood there at six feet right in front of the blind just looking at us. And that's because my spotter, my camera cam- camera guy, and myself all had hex camel on, and they could smell us. They knew, you know, they, they had an idea that we were human but they couldn't tell what we were for sure because we had our hex camo on. So they just stood there and looked at us trying to figure out what we were. It made a huge difference. It really, really did. I, I don't think that that scenario could have played out that way um, by any means otherwise. You know, hex really works. It's something that we use on every hunt, every time. And uh, I highly recommend it to anybody out there. You know, as far as camp goes, we are basically just regular folks, you know, with some with some vision issues. Um, we enjoy being at camp just like everybody else. Um, one of the things we do normally do, though, is we will tie a rope from uh, the edge of the tent um, to the bathroom, you know, whether that's a Santa can or a bathroom or whatever, you know, whatever it is. But uh, that way our guys can find their way to the bathroom no matter what. They just have to hit that rope, and one of those ends is going to be the bathroom. Um, but we have, we have a great time in camp. Um, some of the best times on the hunt, in my opinion, are, you know, happen in camp. Just talking about the things we've been through, the things we're doing, and uh, you know, living in the moment is an amazing thing for anybody, but for, for these blind folks, it's just incredible. All right. So let, let's uh, let's move on a little bit and talk about the hunt this fall. Uh, can you describe for our listeners uh, sort of this vision uh, that you have for the hunt for what's coming up? So what, what's your game plan for this fall? And, you know, what what are you looking forward to about this hunt that you have planned? 
Um, this fall, we've got a series of hunts scheduled. We've got six hunts scheduled in northeastern Washington um, slash north central Idaho. And we're working in conjunction with Fall Obsession and JRA Adventures and Hunts for Vets um, to make it happen. We're going out for six mule deer. And uh, it's going to be just an incredible adventure. I'm really, really super looking forward to it. Um, most folks out there that hunt have access to white-tailed deer or, you know, coos deer or something like that. But very, very few have access or regular access to mule deer. And so we got that together um, in talks with Drew Turek from um, Fall Obsession and a few other guys. And we were able to, able to get it scheduled and make it happen this year. And I am just, I'm really pumped about it. You know, mule deer are my favorite deer to hunt. Um, they are a whole different kind of hunting than whitetail hunting. Um, you can't just put in a food plot or put a feeder and expect to be successful at mule deer hunting. You kind of have to spot stocks and or, um, you know, know where the deer are and kind of work your way there. And, uh, you know, hunt the pinch points like you would normally do with whitetails or something like that. But mule deer are just an incredible animal when it comes to um, finding them and identifying the right one and uh, making it happen out there. And so we're really excited to be out there and putting this all together. And by the way, these for these six hunts, um, we are bringing in uh, blind or vision impaired folks who are veterans. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that as well. In fact, there's um, still a few openings left if anybody out there listening would like to um, apply for the hunt. If you are a visually impaired or blind vet, um, go to www.nabs.org. That's N-A-A-B-S dot O-R-G. And sign up as a member. It costs you $25. And at that point, you can apply for any hunt that's available out there. And there's going to be a bunch of them this year. Um, but get signed up out there. This could be this could be the hunt of a lifetime. What we're doing is we will be flying our hunters in from wherever they're at, and uh, we'll be gearing them up and going on the hunt. And then after that, the the hunters will be flying out back to their respective homes or or origin locations. And uh, it's going to be the adventure of a lifetime for you. It really is. You know. I'm, I can't think of a better way to spend to spend a week of your fall than hanging out with like-minded folks and people who understand what your situation is. And everybody's on the same team. We're all out there to make it happen. It's going to be awesome. Um, I really, really thank um, all of you guys at Fall Obsession, um, you know, for helping to make this happen. You guys rock, and uh, I'm super, super excited. Looking forward to being there. So I guess for some of our listeners and the people who are hearing the story now and want to uh, contribute, uh, how how can they get involved? How can they um, donate some money for the hunt? How can they provide opportunities for these sportsmen? Okay, um, if you'd like to get involved as a supporter, um, you know, or or make a donation to help support these guys and get them out here, um, go to www.nabs.org forward slash donate and uh, you can make a donation right there and in the 
comment section. Please mark it as Fall Obsession Series. Um, it's a it's a great way to to help out someone who otherwise wouldn't be able to do these kind of things or to go on this hunt, and we'd sure appreciate it. Awesome, yeah. I think it's definitely a great cause, and you know, for our listeners who maybe aren't aware of all that happens behind the scenes, you know, Lance and I have been talking kind of behind the scenes about this project for, I don't know, at least six months, if not longer, about how mm-hmm. how we can help get involved and, you know, connect with this organization because when we heard it on our end, we just knew it was something that we needed to be involved in and, you know, help everyone really get into the outdoors and be able to enjoy it in the same way that we are able to as, you know, fully gifted, fully, um, you know, people who are able to hunt without some of the limitations that some people other are maybe um sort of maybe forced to undergo <laughs> drew you could say it it's the it's the blind it's the b words blind um, <laughs> yeah we're, we're not offended by it man it's just it's part of the american idiom and language um it's not offensive to us you know we you know people ask us all the time where they kind of dance around you know about well, what you know how do we say that what do we what do we call you and it's like yeah we're blind man it's okay all right that sounds good <laughs> <laughs> so i know we're talking about hunting in both washington and idaho this fall uh mm-hmm. they both are going to come with sort of different challenges different areas that we're hunting um is there a hunt that you're looking forward to more than the other for one reason or the other or are they just kind of different hunts and different groups of individuals well what we'll do is we we've got two different sets of terrain and in washington it'll be a little bit a little bit flatter more fields like more you know hay fields and things like that type area and we'll be um, setting up our hunters in washington who are a little more disabled or you know or have a hard time with mobility um, when you're dealing with blind folks, you're always dealing with more than one disability because blindness is usually not the first thing that happens to you. Blindness is kind of like the bonus gift you get for showing up on something else. So say someone's got diabetes real bad and then they get blindness from that or they're in an accident and there's a head injury or something like that, you know, and blindness happens as a result of that head injury. So you've got different disabilities that you have to take take into account when you're dealing with blind folks and getting them out on these hunts. So on the Washington side, it will be for our folks who um, are a little bit less able or a little bit less mobile, mobile than um, otherwise. And on the Idaho side, it's gonna be uh, a little more challenging. Um, up there in North Central Idaho in the Rockies, it's gonna be a little more straight up and down it's going to be a lot more hiking and uh it's going to be just a little bit tougher challenge for our hunters to um hit the mark so to speak or to uh, meet their goal as far as making this unsuccessful yeah yeah i know from personal experience and i'm sure sam can attest to it too but being out west and sort of hunting out at those elevations it can present its own challenge you bet you bet no i'm i'm i am looking forward to getting back to idaho and hunting again um i think it's going to be an incredible thing i lived down in idaho for uh seven years and just got totally spoiled hunting up in the central rockies it's just one of the most beautiful places on earth and 
um, it's just an amazing thing to be able to go out there and hunt again. I'm super looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone involved or everyone that's heard about it is really looking forward to how they can help and how they can get involved in this fall. Uh, so what requirements do you have for this hunt? What are some of your goals as far as fundraising and what's your ultimate goal as far as being able to cover this hunt? In order to put this hunt together and to work with these and get these guys here and get them equipped and um, get them all tagged up and take care of medically and making sure we've got the right people involved, it's going to be an average of about $6,000 per hunter um, in order to make everything work right you know, and to have all of our eventualities covered. So I want to make sure that, um, you know, we're able to do that. And if folks can call us up or, you know, you can call us up at 253-432-6369. Or you can go online to www.nabs.org forward slash donate. And you can donate there as well. Um, But it's it's going to cost an average of about six thousand dollars per hunter in order to make this happen you know what i think that's i think that's fully reasonable i think you know having worked with outfitters in the past that that's right in in the market for what people are paying for outfitters so you know uh, for once in a lifetime experience i think that's that's a great that's a great price point for those people who are getting out there so it's something that we're looking to help you guys fundraise. So, you know, we're, we're encouraging our listeners to like, has been mentioned several times in this podcast, go out and find that page, make some contributions, you know, market for the fall obsession hunt. And, you know, let's get some of these guys out hunting. I think this is an awesome opportunity for these people and, you know, whatever you can contribute would really help it out. That would, that would be fantastic. Um, you know, it, one of the things I'm really, really excited about here is that, there are no profits taken in this in this series of hunts at all. Um, everybody that's coming on is coming on, you know, for cost or they are volunteering um, their time, efforts, money, whatever it takes. You know, there's no salaries getting paid. Nobody's making any money on this. We're out there to do the right thing for deserving people. And it's just a really, really cool experience. And we'd love to have all y'all involved with it. What's been some of the feedback from the hunters that you've had out there? Um, you know, what are what's their response to being invited on this hunt and being selected for these hunts? And, you know, how, how was their response after the hunt? And how is how, what's the difference between the two? <laughs> well, the, the first thing, uh, one, one of my favorite things to do is to call up the hunters that are selected that have applied for the hunts and let them know that they have been selected and kind of talk to them, walk them through a little bit about what's going to happen. And the first thing on their mind is always disbelief. It really is because there's nobody out there. There's no organization out there anywhere in North America that specializes in taking blind and vision impaired people out on hunts and fisheries. Um, and so even after they join the organization and apply for that, it's still not real to them, you know, until, you know, we make it real to them. So I talk to them before the hunt, you know, when, when they've been selected. And then I always call them, you know, every week or two and say, hey, how you doing? You know, this is this is where I'm at. Here's kind of a checklist of the things that you might need. Um, how much of that do you have? And they're just, you know, they're they're really 
appreciative and very responsive in that respect. And uh, they're, but they're still just a little bit leery about it. You know, they're going to fly 2,000 miles away from home with people they don't know to go chase a dream. And it doesn't get real to them until we send them the, you know, the plane tickets in the mail or we email their, their flight information to them or their itinerary. And then they get out there for the hunt and they're still real apprehensive. And usually the first thing that we do is we'll take them to the gun range. And, you know, we'll get out a couple boxes of shells and we'll, we'll just go to town. You know, we'll shoot that, shoot whatever rifle or whatever weapon it is until, you know, until they're completely comfortable with everything that's going on. They know it's not going to hurt them or anything like that. You know, it's not going to leave a bruise on them. It's just, you know, it's just a tool and get them comfortable with the shooting system. And, uh, you know, invariably, you know, they just, they, they come out of their shell in ways that they would never do around people that they don't know or people who aren't, you know, like-minded or into the same kind of things that they are. And it's really, really an awesome experience to have these guys around camp or to hang out with them while they're going through this and to watch their growth process through this thing is through these adventures is just amazing. Um, and you know, after the hunt is over and everybody's gone home, you know, I usually call them up about a week later and say, Hey, how you doing? And I have over the last three and a half, four years of doing this, have created some of the best friends of my life just by getting a hold of these guys and bringing them out on these adventures because you know, when I call them up on the phone, it, they're just a completely different person now. You know, and, and I can't say this happens every time, but a lot of the times it does happen to where guys are telling me, it's like, hey, yeah, I went out and I got this. Or, you know, I bought this kind of stand, you know, because I want to get out and, you know, in my own neighborhood or my own hunting grand, ground. And, you know, I check this stand out and it's something that I can do blind. I can climb it, no problem. You know, or I can get up the tree, no problem, or do whatever I got to do. And to hear the confidence in their voice and to know that they're looking at things going, okay, they're not interested in the people or the, you know, or how society says, no, nah, you really shouldn't do that or you really can't do that. Or, you know, you should just stay on your couch where, you know, all good disabled people should be. They're out there making things happen in their lives. They're not living their life on the couch or from the couch anymore they're out doing things in their lives and they're different people you know they're motivated they're excited and you know they're living right now and that's the whole goal of everything we do is to get folks out and living their lives again and so for them to you know get a hold of me or for me to hold them and to, and to listen to them tell me about their plans and their dreams and all of these things that they may or may not have had um, before they went on a hunt, but now they're doing something about it. It's just an incredible thing. We're an incredible thing. We're out there. Um, I know it's an overused term, but we're changing lives every time we get out there in the woods, and it's it's an incredible experience. You know, it's, there's there's nothing better as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it sounds like you're not only offering this once in a lifetime hunt, but really offering sort of a change of lifestyle to some of these people who have, you know, 
because of the the blindness that they're going through are made withdrawing from some of the things that they've done in the past or things that they would try um but that this really sort of opens it up for them for future hunting opportunities as well so not just necessarily this trip but really that ability to continue hunting throughout their life that's a that's a really cool deal it is i'm i'm super pleased and very humbled to be involved in it um it's it's just an amazing thing as far as i'm concerned you know to see the growth that happens is just a terrific thing you know i that's that's the whole thing to me is just to see these people come out of their shell and start living their lives again just an amazing opportunity now this being involved in something like this has got to be just as great of an experience for you know the people who are volunteering and assisting what's been some of the feedback that you've gotten from you know the guides and outfitters but also the people who are just around camp helping <laughs> um well um I'll tell you about a friend of mine named Mark. He's a uh, retired Green Beret, and he runs a fishing guide service called Twisted Waters Guide Service. But uh, he volunteers trips for us for um, steelhead and salmon fishing, as well as uh, in the off-season, he goes around the country with us and helps to guide our folks. And when I talk to him about it, it's like, okay, what's in it for you? And he says, well, um, to me, it's a really selfish thing um, to get out there and do this, he says, because I get more out of it than anybody else does. You know, I get more out of it than the hunters. He says, because I get to help these people who would never otherwise have these opportunities do something that is just incredibly cool that they've always wanted to do or that they never, ever thought they could do again. And I get to be a part of it. And he says, I've got more disabled friends than I have non-disabled friends because of the experiences that I've had with these folks and uh i just have to smile at him i'm like yep i totally get it you know it's it's a lot of fun it's like i go on all of the hunts myself um i don't usually hunt on on the hunts but i go as kind of a camp liaison because i'm a blind person myself but you know i've only been blind for seven years so i understand the non-blind philosophies and i understand how blind people think too and uh you know so i'm always out there and it's just it's a very cool thing to me to meet up with the volunteers and just to, you know, just to watch the interactions as they begin to realize that no matter what these guys have gone through, you know, they're still people and they're still soft and they're still, they still have pliable souls. And uh, it's just an amazing thing to watch the lights go on in the volunteers eyes. And um, we haven't had a volunteer go out on any trip with us that isn't ready to go out again it's just been you know we we've got a cadre of volunteers that is just miles long and we're always looking for more we're always looking for you know great new folks to come out and help out get involved in some way whether that's making a donation or whether that's um you know donating a piece of equipment or whether that's actually coming out to the hunt itself or the fishery itself and going along and just helping out or being there, being a friend. You know, we've had some folks in the past who um, have had some panic attacks um, you know, during the trip. Um, like one, one gentleman had a, had a panic attack bad at an airport. And 
you know, I tried to talk to him and he's like, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But we had a volunteer that has a, has a little training in the social sciences. And uh, he sat down with this, with this gentleman and, um, you know, was able to help, you know, get him, you know, get him out of his panic attack, get him back into his comfort zone. And the transformation was just huge. And you wouldn't normally think that, you know, as a sighted person, you know, traveling wouldn't provide, um, you know, that much panic for you or that much anxiety for you. But trying to do it blind is a whole different thing. Um, you know, if you if you're looking for a good example, next time you go to the airport, see how see how far you can make it through the airport with your eyes closed. You know, that's a, a good example. Um, but it's it's really neat to see all of the different different ideas and um, philosophies that come along with the volunteers that come into the organization. Um, they're all unique, all worthwhile. And they're just an amazing crew of people or amazing type of person who volunteers. Um, and we couldn't do what we do without them. They're just incredible people. And we're super blessed to have them involved. So besides contributing, um, you know, we've talked about how people can donate on your page. Are there other ways that outfitters or guides or anybody in the outdoor industry that's hearing the story and wants to be involved? Uh, is there a way that they can contact you as well? Absolutely. You can reach me at uh, lance at nabs.org. That's N-A-A-B-S dot O-R-G. Or you can reach me directly at 253-432-6369 or 253-722-3551. Would love to talk to you. Would love to hear your ideas. Would love to help you get involved any way that we can. There's always room for great people to get involved in this organization and get involved in these events. And uh, I look forward to hearing from every everybody out there. Well, Lance, I think we've covered all the questions that I had about this false hunt. Is there anything that we haven't covered yet that you wanted to talk about today? Um, you know, I can't think of anything right off the bat, Drew. Um, the best thing that I can say is, folks, if you think you'd like to get involved or you think this is something you might like to contribute to, please do. Don't hesitate. You know, don't wait to pull the trigger. The opportunities go by too fast in life. You know, take a chance get involved in someone else's life. The thing that you do, whether it's providing a piece of equipment or a donation or providing your time, is going to change a disabled and blind or, blind or vision-impaired person's life. You know, don't think that what you've got to contribute is unimportant or too small. Anything that you can do to help out will be greatly appreciated. And it's going to contribute to the success of a future hunt or a future fishing trip down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's how we got involved in the first place is just one little connection on LinkedIn and a couple of messages back and forth. And before you know it, we were talking and planning for a hunt this fall. And, you know, I'm really excited about it and, you know, looking forward to sort of the opportunities that we can provide for these six individuals. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a great time, uh, you know, for our listeners, look forward to seeing the video because we're going to be working with Lance to uh, create some awesome content for you guys this fall. 
Uh, Sam, you've been unusually quiet today. Do you have any questions for Lance before we go? No, man, I I do not. And um, I, I was just thinking about that. I think this is probably the least I have talked in any one of our podcasts up till now. But uh, it's uh, it, it's it's fitting because as as Lance pointed out, you know he he reached out to Drew and. And y'all started that conversation, and while I, you know, I have been involved in in the planning and, and conversations and stuff, um, Lance and and Drew have kind of have have taken the lead on on some of this. So it it's definitely fitting for kind of them to steer the conversation, and um, there, there's definitely nothing else that I could have I could have had. I've enjoyed uh, just being here and and listening to y'all talk about it, and I'm the same way. I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to to this fall um, i'm excited about this project and everything and looking forward to having some of our guys out there on site that uh that can help in different capacities and um uh, also I, I think one thing that we didn't touch on a whole lot and that drew just mentioned was um the the video that's going to be coming from this lance I, I know that you guys have uh have in your mind already for how the how the film from this hunt is going to be produced and released. You want to share that with our mm-hmm. listeners real quick on later on down the line, how they can, it, if, if anything, just uh, watch and, and see how all this, all this transpires. Um, sure. Folks, season two of Adaptive Pursuits TV is going to come out um, in January on the Sportsman channel. Uh, you'll have to check our website to find out what time and, and what day of the week. But we are calling this the Fall Obsession Series, and we're going to make each one of these hunts into an episode. So six of the episodes next year on Season 2 on the Sportsman Channel on Adaptive Pursuits TV are going to feature what we're talking about today. Um, We're going to have a great time doing it. It's going to be great family, you know, family-friendly viewing, and uh, we're really looking forward to it really looking forward to seeing all the smiling smiling faces that's awesome perfect so guys be sure it if if anything else you uh you set your calendars and keep an eye out for uh for those january episodes again we're super excited to be involved in this capacity with uh with lance and and these guys and being able to not just help out in camp but also help them with their fundraising efforts and everything like that it's it's super cool to be involved in so but gentlemen, unless unless y'all have anything else, we'll we'll head for home and and cut our listeners loose. And obviously, there will be a lot more uh, a lot more coming in the days and weeks to come with uh, with this project. And I'm sure folks will be seeing a lot of it on our pages. So, right on. Thanks for the opportunity to be here, guys. Folks, remember www.nabs.org. That's n-a-a-b-s dot o-r-g forward slash donate. Um, in order to help us out and make a donation and get these guys out in the woods and living their lives again. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate your time. Looking forward to talking to you again. Lance, we appreciate you coming on, guys. As Lance just said, that's where you all can go to donate and contribute to this. We will be putting stuff um, on our pages as well to steer people in that direction. And if you guys haven't already, hit that follow and subscribe button on whatever podcast app you are listening on. We are on all major podcast platforms. And again, we come out with a new episode every single Monday morning. So um, if you are 
also interested in maybe coming on the podcast yourself, if you got uh, some some stuff you'd like to share or you know of a guest that uh, that we should bring on here, you can go to fallobsession.com slash podcast. There's a form you can fill out to send us any kind of suggestions. You can also tell us about any topics you'd like us to cover um, or just general feedback. We we value that as well, so be sure you go over there and, and check it out. Fallobsession.com is our hub. That is our website where you can go to find all of our hunting and outdoor content. Um, video series, educational articles, wild game recipes, and a bunch of other stuff. We have it all on there, as well as our uh, own Fall Obsession brand apparel. And be sure that you hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Those are the pages where there's going to be a lot of frequent information coming out about this hunt that we've talked about today, um, coming out in the fall. So be sure that you follow us. And uh, also, in addition to NABS, go check out Adapted Pursuits TV. Um, I know they got a Facebook page, and I'm sure that they would appreciate the, the like and the follow as well. So, Lance, thank you again, sir. I appreciate you coming on. Piece of cake, guys. Life is good. It, that it is. Drew, thank you again for uh, for talking with uh, with Lance and uh, and keeping me silent for this episode, I guess, for, for once. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Glad to be here. All right. Guys, thank you all for listening. Be sure you tune in again next week for another Fall Obsession podcast episode. We will catch you then. Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.